Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the spirit of Christmas alive 365 days a year. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. And I'm excited. We have a good <laughs> month ahead for you people. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, we do. I, I need this month. <laughs> I'll just say a good month ahead for us too. <laughs> so thank you for sticking with us through a few weeks of terrible movies that we somehow thought would be good to cover together. <laughs> back to but back. that was rough. That was worse than last year's Hallmark month. Yes, we it are was. now. <laughs> it was. It was. We yeah, are now revisiting some of our earliest episodes when we covered wonderful movies but didn't quite have our groove set yet. So we're kicking off tonight with How Tis the Podcast Got Its Groove Back. That's what this month is called. Please don't ever say that again. <laughs> now, I'm excited because we're. this gives me just a great reason in the middle of summer to watch some of my favorite Christmas movies. Not that I really need it, but you kind of need it. Yeah, you yeah. do. So Especially tonight, at this point in the summer. Oh, God, it's so miserable. hot here. I was talking to a, a couple of guys today in Spain, and uh, they were saying it was up over 110 degrees there, and they're not used to it. Like yeah. 110 in Oklahoma, we, we're equipped. You know, you stay inside yeah. your air conditioned home, you go in your air conditioned car, and go into an air conditioned building. But they're not used to it there. So they're all, I'm, I'm talking to them, and these people's faces are covered in sweat, and I just feel awful for them. Oh. Yeah, my brother and his wife were celebrating their 20th wedding anniversary with a backpacking tour around Europe. Well, they were in awesome. Amsterdam and Switzerland recently. I don't know where they are now, but it's hot there. It's hot. It's like the hottest it's been on record in Europe, right? right. It is. Yeah. They're breaking all sorts of records. This week, we are hitting the door running by covering Elf. Um, we're going to follow our format, even though we've already covered this episode, I feel like we know each other well enough. We know you all listeners a little better. Uh, so I think the, the chemistry will be a, a little bit better. So we're going to forget that we've ever done this and we're going to start from scratch. The only thing is we are not changing our official ranking on the naughty and nice list. We discussed this in detail and decided that, uh, while this is fun, we don't really think that, uh, anything that we're doing now should affect the list right gang right Correct. okay isn't it hitting the floor running not hitting the door running that would be extraordinarily painful i feel like the last four weeks have been hitting the door running we have 
Julia, I am so glad you brought that up because I <laughs> wanted to correct him, and I thought to myself, if I'm wrong, I he already corrected me once. I can't live I with can this episode. I can see it on your face. Could <laughs> you were cringing almost. You're like, oh, oh, that's what wrong. I, that's wrong. What I actually meant was hitting the ground running. I don't know where it came from, but I was just gonna let it go and then, uh, uh, you know, obfuscate the, the audio when I was editing that. But, uh, <laughs> Thanks <laughs> for bringing it to the forefront so that I can't, Julia. I appreciate you. You're welcome. I appreciate that too, Julia. Legitimately, <laughs> not sarcastic. One of us is sarcastic. One of us is genuine. <laughs> I had to speak my truth. All right. That's what it was at the moment. Let's go ahead and do our synopsis of this movie. It's Christmas Eve. An adorable little baby sees Santa's bag and climbs in. Unknowingly, Santa takes this baby back to the North Pole where he's taken in by a lonely old elf who's been far too busy in his work to have children. But he is adopted and raised by elves and doesn't realize until he overhears two elves talking that he's not really an elf, but a human. This earth-shattering discovery leads him on an adventure to New York City, where he tries to reconnect with his biological father. As you can imagine, an elf in a human world, or should I say a human in an elf world, now in a human world, the antics ensue. Is Buddy able to take his dad from the naughty list, help him get to the good list, and save Christmas? And is Buddy able to blend into New York City despite being eight foot tall, eight feet tall in an elf costume? Uh, let's just go ahead and, and do a spoiler alert. No, nobody cannot blend in. <laughs> All right, let's start with our histories of this movie. Anthony, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Uh, So I saw this movie in theaters when it first came out with my sister and my grandmother. Me and my sister opted to see this, go and see this instead of School of Rock. And we loved it so much. We saw it again like a few weeks later with my parents and I don't know. I just, I loved it. I still love it. It's still one of the best Christmas movies of all time. And it's one of the best Christmas movies that's set in New York that actually gets New York at Christmas right as well. We talked about that a little bit last time. New York's a character in this film, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again this time, but I really appreciate it. This last time you speak of, I'm not sure I understand. For the first time we covered this movie and it's painful to listen to now, that one? I, but for all intents and purposes, <laughs> that didn't happen for this episode. Julie, what's your history with this movie? So I missed out on this one in theaters and I have no clue why. Um, but I remember watching it um, around Christmas time on a DVD and loving it, like loving it. And I remember... I remember being surprised by this movie, not just because it was so much better than I expected it to be, but like the storyline, like I didn't know what was going to happen next. And it had all of my favorite like characters I'm familiar with, right? Elves, Santa and all of that. But I I really didn't know what was going to happen next. So it was such an unexpected delight. And um, I think this is my first Will Ferrell movie. Really? The first one you liked or your first one first ever? Movie? I want to say it was the first one I ever saw. 
Hmm. So it's only downhill from there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite Will Ferrell. I can say that. I think I can agree with that too. Yeah. I don't know, I but is there another option? Other than downhill? Another <laughs> option for favorite Will Ferrell besides this? I can't think of anything else he's done that's halfway as good as this. Um, no. Before yeah. you go, Tom, I just want to follow up on something Julie said, how you were surprised by how good the story was. It's yes. funny because this past Christmas, there's somebody I follow on Twitter, um, like a famous, you know, verified person who had never seen it before. And they uh, were watching it with their kid for the first time. And they tweeted at the end of it, guys, Elf is like really good. Like really good. I'm so surprised. <laughs> and I feel like that's what a lot of people think. You're just going to, you just think it's going to be a stupid, like broad, yeah. overly broad comedy. But it's such a sweet story and so well. Yeah. Yeah, and this set the bar high for me for John Favreau going forward because I knew since he had a hand in it, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, automatically then I'm expecting a whole lot of him in the future. So, and he didn't, he didn't disappoint. Nope. Yeah, this wasn't my first John Favreau. Um, My first John Favreau was Swingers. Um, Swingers. It was a great movie. Great way to start with John Favreau. Anyway, so for this movie, this movie came out while the love of my life, my now wife christine and i were dating we were engaged at this time it came out in 2003 we were married the following april um we went and saw it in the movie theater because you know it's a christmas movie and you know i expected to enjoy it as i would a christmas movie but at the end of the day i enjoyed this as a legitimate film it was it's a movie that the cast is great the um the writing is great it's just it's a legitimate like you said, Julie, I was impressed that it was such a good movie. I This is definitely part of my Christmas canon. This is part of my yearly canon. This is my, I'm having a bad day or I feel sick. I pop this movie in and it makes everything better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't say enough good things about this movie. And I'm really excited to talk about it with you all. Me too. Me three. So... Uh, let's jump in and let's go through the cast first. Switch windows from this one to this one. Okay. Sexy big. Okay. The star of this movie is Will Ferrell. I loved him. Aside from this, my favorite Will Ferrell is by far his Saturday Night Live stints. He was great in in SNL. He had done some other stuff that I didn't really know of him from. He was in like the TV show Grace Under Fire. He had a part in Austin Powers, TV show Hercules, and Cow and Chicken, if y'all watched those back in the 90s. Um, (laughs) He was in Grace Under Fire? He had a a small part there, yeah. Gosh, was he 10? He was uh, forever ago. Grace Under Fire is 95. So not that far before this movie came out. Uh, He did movies with other... SNL alum he was that I had seen him and he was in the ladies man he was in uh superstar so I had seen him in other things he was Mugatu and Zoolander and I at the Roxbury uh, the first one I really loved him in though where he had a leading role was Zoolander one of my favorite movies in college I loved it um he went on and did oh go ahead I think it's important to note that this is his second appearance on our show after daddy's home too it was it is the second appearance of, of him on our show. Yes, that's right. 
Not the third. Uh, he went on to do Old School. He did the Talladega Nights franchise, the Anchorman franchise. He had movies like Kicking and Screaming, Stranger Than Fiction, Blades of Glory. He was in Land of the Lost. He's had several recurring roles on Drunk History. He did the amazing stuff for Bunny or Die, like The Landlord. Do y'all remember that with Little Pearl? With the little baby? <laughs> I <laughs> loved like, that. This little girl who's, you know, probably two coming to his house to collect rent. It's just amazing. We did... Um, she's got a potty mouth, doesn't she? Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> she's got to collect. She's a bill collector. It's a really tough role to have at that age. It's a lot of stress for her to carry. He's on, he was on The Office post Michael Scott. He's one of the bosses. Had his little stint on 30 Rock. Like we said, he was in Daddy's Home. He did Holmes and Watson, Lego Movie, Lego Movie 2. And he's got a few movies that are in post-production right now. Nothing really uh, that I know anything about. So it's aside from this, we have to take this out of the mix for obvious reasons. What's your favorite Will Ferrell? Does Saturday Night Live count? Do you want Saturday Night Live to count? It's going to have to. Because <laughs> when I look at the list of his movies, it's going to have to count. You didn't like him in Daddy's Home? I was about to say, if, we, if we're just going movies, it would probably honestly be Daddy's Home too for me. So that's the difference, right? Like I liked him in that movie, but only because of the other people that he interacted with. You know, while an elf, I like him as a standalone. I don't like him as a standalone in any of his other movies. Not really. I, I mean, all right, but love him in Zoolander. That Hansel's so hot Zoolander. right now. Hansel. I didn't mind him on The Office, but again, I think it's because of who he's into acting with. He was a His weird... character was terrible. It was he, was like, he was like very dark on that show. <laughs> I don't want to hear anything about your baby, okay? <laughs> uh, we have, next up, we have three legends, four legends of the, of the silver screen. James Caan plays Buddy the Elf's biological father. Also his second appearance on our show. Also, his second appearance on the show, the first one that he lives to the end of the show, to the end of the uh, movie. And I don't, God, I don't even know where to start with him. If, if any and every mafia movie you can think of has James Caan in it, right? He is like, <laughs> he is Sonny Corleone forever from The Godfather. For me, he was on Get Smart for a minute. Like I said, did all the did the Godfathers, Kiss Me Goodbye, Gardens of Stone. Did the Get Smart movie too, right? Yeah, he did the Get Smart movie too. I do love the fact that he's been on The Simpsons. Most of these people have. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was in Hawaii Five O. I don't know. I I know him. Like I said, I was never really a huge James Con fan. He was in Misery. Oh, how did I forget Misery? Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Uh, mm-hmm. that movie is so disturbing on mm-hmm. every level. But that is probably, aside from, he was, that's, but that movie really shows the growth of, or the, the, the depth of James Caan as an actor, right? Because he's just been this mafia guy. Even in this, he's still playing that, that same Sonny Corleone mafia, cold, we see growth in him, but he's still not this very, um, there's not a lot of depth, but in, in Misery, we really see him as this vulnerable character that we don't usually see. Mm-hmm. Y'all have favorite James Con? Misery. Mine's Misery or The Godfather. 
mine's going to be Misery or the Godfather. I think that's probably everybody. So, so I feel like we're all taking cop-outs, but I'm okay with it. I'm going to interject here and tell a story for the very first time on this podcast. <laughs> I love first-time stories. He took this role in Elf because he heard how funny Will Ferrell was to work with. And then uh, he it would change it, you know, he could, you know, that would be a nice change of pace for him. And then when he gets to set, Will Ferrell is the most serious guy ever. And he went to John Favreau and said, this is the effing guy. You told me <laughs> would have me cracking up during takes. But uh, yeah, he's apparently Will Ferrell is very serious in between scenes. That, well, that and I, if I were him too. And he also I said, would, John also said this is a movie, you know, a certain generation comes up to him and remembers him for The Godfather, but he said now more than ever, more people come up to him and say, you're the guy from Elf. And he said, all these movies I've done in my career, this is the one people <laughs> point out the most. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I feel like that's pretty rad, really. I know, I love it. Yeah. Next up, we have Buddy's adoptive father, Bob Newhart, who plays Papa Elf. Bob Newhart, I knew as a kid from Newhart, his own TV show. Um, and that's all I really knew of him. He was the guy in a show that my grandparents watched that was boring as all get out to me. <laughs> he had the Bob Newhart <laughs> show and then Newhart uh, and then Bob. Um <laughs> He was in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the 1998 version. He played Le uh, Leonard the Polar Bear. Ugh. He was on ER. He was in Legally Blonde 2. Uh, he was in The Librarian Return to King Solomon's Mind and The Librarian 3, The Curse of Judas Chalice, both TV movies. He had a brief, he had a brief role, recurring role uh, in 2005 on Desperate Housewives. Uh, and he's on the Librarian's TV show and was on uh, Young Sheldon and The Big Bang Theory. Yep. Professor Proton. Professor? There you go, Proton. Yes. Professor Proton. Uh, that was in Young Sheldon. Yep. Also in Big Bang. He's Professor in Proton Bang. in Big Bang, yep. too. But he's a force. <laughs> now he's a force ghost. Because <laughs> he died. Yeah. 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 And he shows up posthumously to guide Sheldon <laughs> as a Jedi. <laughs> oh, remember that? Oh my gosh, oh, yes. He tries to stab himself with a lightsaber when Sheldon asks him about sex. <laughs> like, hold on for a second. And then he turns it on and he just goes right through him and he's like, darn it. <laughs> I don't have a favorite Bob Newhart aside from this. I really don't. I no, my Professor Proton's my favorite, I think. That or Bernard in The Rescuers. I love that movie. Oh, right. He was the voice of Bernard. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Josh Gabor was, uh, what's her face? I haven't seen Girl. that movie in years. I don't think I've seen that one since like childhood, like young yeah. childhood. I need to bust it out. It'll bring all the memories back. I'm going to start something new. I'm going to say uh, for our next star that we're going to talk about, Ed Asner is hashtag my Santa. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great hashtag. Isn't it? It is. It is. Um, you talk about a legend. Ed Asner has been on screen in some form or fashion since 1957. Um, and the first Ed Asner I remember was 
on Nick at Night. He was on the Mary Tyler Moore show. And I thought he was really old then. (laughs) 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 Um, But he he did a lot of TV. He was in... uh, He's been Santa a million times too, hasn't he? He has. Yeah. He has. He did Mission Impossible, The Invaders, The Wild Wild West, TV show The FBI, all back in the 60s. Um, he was in The Mod Squad. He was in Rhoda. Like I said, Mary Tyler Moore, he did some stuff on Hawaii Five-0, Rich Man, Poor Man. Um, I'm going to go ahead and fast forward to some stuff we may be a little more familiar with. I have a feeling our podcast has a certain... <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. He was in JFK. He was in <laughs> the TV movie. Yes, Virginia. There is a Santa Claus where he did not play Santa. Uh, he was on Batman. Oh, the, anim- the newspaper guy. Yeah. He was Batman back in the 90s. That's crazy. Yeah. Wait, he was Batman. What animated he, series? He was in Batman, the animated series. Oh, I was about to say, which Batman animated no, series? Not Batman. He was in he was uh, who did he play? Roland Daggett oh. in '92 and '94. Interesting. He was on Gargoyles. Mad oh, about I you. Gargoyles. I love Gargoyles too. It was great. He was the voice of Marley in A Christmas Carol in 1997. He was in Spider-Man: The Animated Series, the TV show The Closer. Zorro again, voice on The Simpsons. He was in Oh Christmas Tree as a Nutcracker. He was in Snowden's Christmas as the voice of Big Daddy. He was in All of the Other Reindeer as the voice of Santa. I love that special too. Why haven't we covered that one yet? I think it's on our list. He was in Superman the Animated Series. He was in Max Steel, Johnny Bravo, Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Man Who Saved Christmas, a TV movie. This guy has a deep, deep Christmas connection. This was all before Elf and he did ER. We had a talk about him on our subreddit where we were talking about um, Storybots. He plays Santa on Storybots, which is an episode we'll have to cover. Mm -hmm. The Christmas Card, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. He was in Up, the voice of Carl, which is one of my favorite cartoons to this day. Mm -hmm. Yes. A made-for-TV movie, Christmas Dreams. He was in Royal Pains. He was a recurring voice on The Cleveland Show. Did you see he got speculation going that they're in production on Up 2 recently? (gasps) Really? How did he get speculation going? Because he tweeted out, uh, you know, when he was driving to the Pixar lot the other day for a meeting. Everyone assumed he was meeting about Up 2. What would happen in Up 2? I have no clue. Either. He was in a really awful looking movie called Saving Christmas. Not with Kirk Cameron. He was in the movie Santa Stole Our Dog. Santa. Man, so he has a bad reputation as Santa. He steals babies. He kidnaps dogs. (laughs) He didn't steal that baby. He didn't bring him back either. What? No, he didn't. But you know, it was an orphanage. Why would you take a kid back to an orphanage when he has an, an elf papa that is happily ready to adopt him? Mm. Yeah. That exactly. would have been... So there are, and he's got 18 movies in some form of 
announced pre-production, post-production right now. That's that's the most insane thing on this IMDb page is like, this guy is constantly working. I want to call yes. out that he was just in that Netflix original series, Dead to Me, which was spectacular. He was very good in that show. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I agree with you on that one. We'll have to talk about that later. We will have, have to Have you talk watched about it? it yes. I want to watch it. Do I like it? I don't know. I don't know. Ooh. I hey, did you like the, the movie whole... Hereditary? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I'm going to go on a warning right now. Do not listen to Anthony and Julia. That movie is trash. All of the cool, eerie feelings you build up to are, are, are gone by the end. You're, I was just left with abject hatred of this film. Listeners, I just want you to cons- ask yourself one question when you're debating whether or not to watch a movie and that to watch Hereditary, and that's the following. Which of the three of us is the worst? I rest <laughs> my case. Uh, anybody who watches that movie because you two recommend it is going to say, not me. Uh, I also want to point out to uh, whichever listener said, I am the new worst because I don't like Moana. I was sick, Okay. I'm gonna give it it a shot again. Yeah, you need to. You got some. You got some makeup to do here because that's a tragic. That's a tragedy. Haven't we used that word incorrectly in a previous episode? (laughs) I think we have. And I don't even think it was me. That's the funniest thing. Sounds like something that we would do. It does. Sounds like something. Huh, there's really no shortage on which of us would actually do that, is there? Yeah, no, there's no telling. There's, there's absolutely really no <laughs> Okay, one of us probably did it. Let's just be honest. <laughs> um, next up, we have another repeat appearance on our show. We have Mary Stenbergen. Mm. Oh, I forgot this is a repeat appearance for her. We're going to want to get this one out of the way. She was in One Magic Christmas, which was is at the bottom of our list. Um, but she's done so many other good things throughout her her <laughs> long career. She has also been on TV longer than any of us have been around, um, or TV and movies. Um, she did a lot of stuff, but I think her the first thing I remember her from is Back to the Future Three. The biggest role I think I remember her having an impact on me for was was eating Gilbert Grape. Mm. Um, she was mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. Um, She was in the movie Nixon. She was on the TV miniseries Gulliver's Travel that I remember from my freshman year of high school. Do you remember that? that? The Ted Danson one? I think so, yeah. Oh my god. I, yeah. I hope that's it. Yep, that's it. That's the one I remember. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. Like we we all watched it. And, yeah. It was a big deal. That was pre-DVR days too, unless you it were was. like super rich and had TiVo, but you know. We I had didn't. to watch it because we were poor. Yeah. You had to sit and watch it when it came on. She was in I Am Sam. Oh, I liked that movie. Is that the, is that the um, Beatles, uh, what's his face, political actor, Sean Penn. Yeah. Sean Penn, Michelle Pfeiffer, right? Yes. Then she gets into, she's also in Four Christmases, which is another movie we need to cover. She's on Step Brothers, which was not good Will Ferrell. <laughs> That's one of the only Will Ferrells I liked. 
movies. Oh, that was such a terrible movie. She had a recurring role on 30 Rock. She was on the TV series Wilfred. Wilfred was good. Never saw it. That's the big dog one, right? Yep. Jim Henson's Turkey Hallow. She plays herself on Curb Your Enthusiasm. She was on Orange is the New Black. Then she played herself on Curb Your Enthusiasm. She was on Last Man on Earth. Any Anything of note you want to talk about from her? I like Step Brothers, and I love her as herself on Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I, I actually liked her on Wilfred and uh, what's the other TV show you just mentioned, too? Uh, Last Man on Earth. Last Man on Earth. Yeah, she's done good TV. She has. Next up, Peter Dinklage. All of us love him as Tyrion Lannister. Debatable. I. Are you serious? I'm not serious. I just like getting a rise out of you. <gasps> <laughs> oh, I don't know how he. You, um, he was on uh, Nip Tuck. He was in the Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian, Death at a Funeral. He, oh my gosh, Death at a Funeral, such a good movie. He was in Ice Age, Continental Drift, X-Men, Days of Future Past. Of course, we said Game of Thrones. I think Tyrion Lannister eclipses every other role. Everything. Although, I don't know, he is going to be in Angry Birds movie two. <laughs> Angry Birds movie one as well. Uh, he's in The Croods too. He's got the, a movie coming up called The Dwarf, where he is playing the dwarf. Didn't so, he win the Oscar for the station agent? I don't know. Just going to say this right now. Since Disney's working on a live-action Snow White movie, he's got to be in the r- running to play Grumpy, right? He's got to be. <laughs> right? No, like, no joke. <laughs> got to be. Who if else he was any be? of them, yeah, I, would, I could see Grumpy. I just want to briefly mention Amy Sedaris has an appearance in this. Um, she writes wonderful books, like Entertaining Under the Influence, and she was in Strangers with Candy. That's all I'm really going to hit on, unless anybody else has anything else. They, she's done a lot, but that's what I wanted to mention before we jump we straight. A show on Truth TV called At Home with Amy Sedaris. She yep, does. She's, yep. she's done a lot. But let's now we have the former. Love of my life before. No, that's not true. While Christine was also love of my life, Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> She's on your big, list. Not anymore. No, no, not anymore. <laughs> new new uh, girl ruined her for me. New girl. Oh, please. She was great. New girl. I'm so over the manic pixie girl. That's her. Like, I think that's what I like about her. No, it's not like early on that was not her. She became that. Anyway, this was the first Zoe Deschanel experience I had, and I fell in love with her on this show. Um, for every, I mean, anybody who listens to the podcast who knows, you know, how our affinity for Christmas, she has this amazing voice. She's dressed like an elf the entire time. There's no real reason why. I mean, there's no real question as to why. The blonde um, hair just looks weird to me now because she's brunette and everything else. It's weird, isn't it? Dead. It's really weird. The bangless blonde. Yep. Weird. Very weird. So Zoe Deschanel was in Almost Famous. She had an, uh, an 
she has the TV show The New Girl. She was on an episode of Frasier. Weird. Yeah. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Live Free or Die. She was in Bridge to Terabithia. Yes, Failure to Launch. Failure to Launch. The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, which is amazing. She was on Weeds. She was in the movie The Happening. She was in Yes Man, 500 Days of Summer. I disagree. I like... (laughs) 500 Days of Summer. I love that movie. movie. (laughs) (laughs) We need a Patreon episode where we watch 500 Days of Summer, Anthony. Uh, Yes, let's do it. (laughs) I loved her in Yes Man, too. Yes Man was a funny movie. Jim Carrey. That's one of the Jim Carrey ones I actually like. Yeah. I love the Harry Potter party. Wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. That part is one of my favorite parts in all cinema history i don't know why but i wow. love it and and i do have to say that in terms of the new girl new girl had some fantastic christmas episodes by the way that we should oh ooh, we need to i like everybody in the show except her oh, i think um, Carl. oh i like the other i like I the other one on the show. oh yeah i forgot they had the other one on yeah good try them baby <laughs> Didi? It's, I don't think it's Didi. I don't know any of them. Right either. But except I feel Schmidt. Like... Everybody knows Schmidt. Schmidt's Schmidt. the best one on Schmidt that show. No, I always liked Cece. what's his face Cece. better. Cece. Cece. Nick. Nick. Nick was my favorite. All right, my we're favorite. getting there. We're Winston was the other one. Yeah. Winston. Um, except for the first episode, right? That was Coach. When it was Coach. coach. And then inexplicably replaced by Winston. Winston was way funnier than Coach ever was, though. And then, but Coach came back later on. He did. And And I I like. I like he he and Winston there because Happy (laughs) Endings got canceled. Oh, is that why? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Um. So I think besides this, my favorite Zoe Deschanel is going to be Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I loved Hitchhiker's Guide. Mine's 500 Days of Summer and New Girl. Me too. We, we've got to mention that she was also a voice in Trolls. Oh, she was. You're right. She was yeah. Poppy. She was the uh, ogre girl. No, no, no she no, was Poppy. the ogre girl. Was, she was the ogre. Uh, Bridget. Bridget. Anna, Kend- Anna Kendrick was Poppy. Yes. Oh my God. Did you guys yeah, see the trailer for Trolls too? Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like I was watching on shrooms or something, watching that trailer when it came on the big screen. I don't even know what it came up in front of. I was watching. I was like, oh my God, what am I? Story four. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's what it was in front of. Yep. Yeah, it was just, it was that show. I Sometimes a sequel doesn't make sense. Just because you have a hit in Hollywood, listen here, you don't, have to make a sequel just because something worked once. Let it go. Let it go. Oh, I'm so excited for that sequel. (laughs) I am excited for that sequel too. And Hollywood, (laughs) if you're listening up until this point, give us a call. Let's monetize this podcast and become like a Netflix show or something. (laughs) Give us a call. We'll talk. We We should be Netflix if you're listening. You should bring us on as like a Mystery Science Theater 3000 to discuss Christmas movies. Although Netflix probably won't like what we have to say about most of their Christmas movies. What? That's not true. What about Christmas? Christmas Prince? That's the one you love? No. 
No. Christmas Chronicles. <laughs> Kurt Russell as Santa was pretty, yeah, that was great. I stand by your original assessment that they would not like what we had to say about their movies. Well, they'd like what we had to say probably more than Hallmark. At least we found what we liked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this movie, cold open, Santa's in an orphanage. Santa's in an orphanage. We see these nuns putting down little baby buddy and all the kids are so cute. And um, my question is how many times has Santa done this before? Kidnapped a kid? No, like just, he's gone to these places, sets his bag down. He doesn't watch at all. And buddy crawls into the bag. How does he also not notice? I mean, buddy's a good, like, 15 pound kid right <laughs> notice the difference but we're gonna All I have to say is thank god for that baby that that bag wasn't like the christmas chronicles bag where he was transported to like another dimension because that baby would not have survived <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i like to think it'd been a long day santa was tired one of his last and... stops right yeah like he was just ready you know and it's like friday and it's 4 30 and you're like i'm done i'm just done <laughs> begs the question though like wouldn't he at least know there's something else in that bag if it was his last stop like you would think he'd want to get rid of all the weight in that bag <laughs> all right here's some cynicism that early tis the podcast did not bring out as hominous <laughs> <laughs> but I, i'm willing to overlook it because it sets the stage for us to go see the north pole um, mm-hmm. and my first glimpse of the North Pole I didn't love like inside this very gray monochromatic toy shop wasn't as much fun as w- when we see the outside um, it's the Rudolph toy shop to a T it is it is but it looks somehow more depressing in, as a real set than it did on Rudolph right you see what I mean you know what I mean the costumes are also Rudolph costumes to a T, which um, those look even better on people than yes. they did on the on the little claymation guys. They so did. that was one of the things I enjoyed about watching this movie this time around is, I know it's our first time covering it, but we've done <laughs> all the Rankin Bass specials now and a bunch of other Christmas movies now to see what influenced this one. Mm-hmm. And Rankin Bass definitely influences North Pole and a lot of the costumes and yeah there was a big bass it gives me hope though that uh if they redid rankin bass like just seeing leon as um as the snowman this they could it gives me hope that rankin bass could be redone could be modernized could take those stories and make them a little more fun uh, without losing that without losing that feel well as i said last week i don't i think eventually we're gonna have to grapple with that and we'll see I just hope John Favreau does it. I I 100% think they're going to redo it. And if you're listening, whoever owns them, WB, CBS, I think both of you own Split the Rights, but let me know. I could kick off that universe for you. I have a love for it. I treat it right. I wouldn't, so please don't ask me. That would be good. (laughs) <laughs> good because then you could my love would blind me and you two could help bring me back down <laughs> blinding love that's the best kind of love isn't it it is <laughs> here we um, see buddy we watch buddy who's this failure as an elf he's not able to keep up with everybody else 
he only made what 70 some odd etch sketches in a day which i would be pretty <laughs> proud of they wanted what the, the quota was a thousand a day yeah. i think it's important to me mention speaking of the quota who his boss is who his supervisor is little ralphie parker from a christmas story right. mr unnaturally got, blue eyes he's still got cheeks that you want to pinch <laughs> <laughs> no big round glasses anymore though he has more modern glasses he does he does um but that was a that was cool when i learned that i i had been watched this movie several times before i'd heard that um <laughs> i love the creepy jack-in-the-box that's that one of my favorite scenes in the movie he keeps twisting he's in <laughs> They tell Buddy he's special, and he sent to where Special Elves go to do toy testing. <laughs> but the elves, I mean, we, we see something about elf culture. They're so kind. They're looking for any reason to make him feel good about himself, you know. And the thing they come up with is, you, you, change, the, you change the batteries in the smoke detectors, and in six months, you'll have to change them again. You bring us up a whole octave. <laughs> down, a whole octave. down a whole octave. Down a whole octave. In a good way. In a good okay. way. That's that right. That Jack in the Box scene, though, first of all, the look on Will Ferrell's face every time he knows it's coming and then it goes off. And then the yeah. look of sheer delight when the one does not pop open and he's writing it down, that doesn't work, and it just explodes in his face. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> That's sadistic laughter in the background. <laughs> <laughs> It and the fact cool. that, not to jump ahead, but they bring that back at the end when he's in Santa's sleigh and the thing pops open in his face when he's trying to help fix his sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. But I, then he runs outside and we see the claymation world, right? Yes. We have uh, Leon again and... Um, we have Baby Walrus and Octa uh, Arctic Puffin and Polar Bear. <laughs> Not now, Arctic Puffin! <laughs> <laughs> um, and we see those again after he talks to Santa. Santa tells him who his, his birth parents are and that his birth father's on the naughty list. He lives in a magical place called New York City. And he gets this, the snow globe of the Empire State Building. And that's how he's, that's his, his compass to True North, where he knows he's going. Um, and as he's leaving the North Pole is one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. <laughs> I love how terrified the walrus is when he hops off. And you're like, Bye, buddy. Bye, buddy. And then the ground starts to shake. And they're like, Whoa. Little Arctic. <laughs> <laughs> walrus goes boink, 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 boink. before the narwhal comes up though he's like bye buddy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much I love him I do too oh and we've that's, that's one of my favorite Christmas quotes of all times <laughs> bye buddy I hope you don't you, bye buddy hope you find your dad Somebody uh, very awesome got me an awesome shirt with Mr. Narwhal on it that said, bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. It was an awesome gift that came in the That mail. sounds like an awesome person. Sounds like a Tis the Podcast may need to make a version of that shirt and sell uh, in August. The, the person who gave it to me is okay. 
fair or awesome most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> then, as Buddy's leaving, we later learn. Well, he he's he's he that he has to pass through the seven le- levels of the Candy Cane Forest through the sea of swirly twirly gun drops, and then he walks through the Lincoln Tunnel. <laughs> And, and caused major and caused multiple accidents when they were shooting that scene because people kept staring, stopping think- traffic in the tunnel to stare and look at this guy walking along <laughs> in an elf car. Oh no, really? He did? Yeah, they shot him like coming out of the Lincoln Tunnel multiple times and multiple times he caused. Oh, accidents. man. Which, as a New Yorker, let me tell you something. You're causing a freaking accident during like rush hour traffic like i don't care who you are get out of my t- <laughs> <laughs> i love that <laughs> if that happened in oklahoma people would be like oh my gosh i got into a wreck because of this i'm gonna tell everybody stop traffic shut the city down well, i mean come into town i mean you kind of you see it in the movie right like when he's walking around as an elf all that stuff was improvised they wanted just actual footage and hardly anyone was throwing him a look until he started interacting yeah Yeah. (laughs) which is insane by the way (laughs) but it's so great to know that it's really cool it is really cool (laughs) nothing surprises new yorkers (laughs) and then our movie really starts right at that point yes it kicks off the terrific montage of him experiencing New York for the first time, sees the fat older man in red thinking he's Santa Claus, <laughs> sees the sign that says world's best cup of coffee. Congratulations, you did it! Uh, t- taking the flyers from those guys <laughs> back and forth until the one guy like chases So was off. that improvised too? All the stuff in that little montage is improvised, yeah. So the, that guy was really just not nice to him? Yeah. <laughs> then uh, John Favreau would get them to sign something saying they could use him in the film. They'd do it first and then they'd... Yep. That's awesome. Wow. Like him hopping across the street in traffic. Yeah. Will Ferrell committed just that thrill traffic he's hopping out into. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. That's awesome. All set to Pennies from Heaven, by the way, which is just perfect. Now a Christmas song for me now because of this movie. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Although it still grosses me out, the scene when he starts eating the gum from the subway. Yeah, that's commitment. That's disgusting. (laughs) Disgusting. And it was at this point, Will Ferrell said recently on a late night show, I think it was last year, like they were just talking about Elf. Um, And he was saying like when they were shooting this stuff, like because a lot of it was improvised and we were in on the spot, he thought this is either going to turn out awesome or a year later people are going to be like, hey, weren't you that guy who got your career ruined by starring in that Christmas movie? And then it like all turned out well for him. Definitely. Yeah, I would say it turned out really well for him and he should be really happy about it. Yep. I'm doing a lot of talking, so I'm going to let somebody else talk for a minute. So at this point, Will Ferrell goes into the Empire State Building, finds his dad's office, and eats 
<laughs> James Khan for the first time. Uh, thinks he's a Christmas gram. What's <laughs> and, a Christmas gram? I want one. I want one. <laughs> and not wanting to disappoint his dad, he just goes with it. And he's like, I'm singing and I'm here. I'm in a store. In a store and I'm singing. <laughs> wow, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was weird. <laughs> what does he say? Usually I just put my name in jingle bells or something. <laughs> that was not what he's saying. I'm in a store and I'm singing. He's saying, I love oh, you. I love no, you. I love you. Right. Yeah. That was weird. That's right. They just put my name in Jingle Bells or something. That's right. I'm in a store and I'm singing is when he's convincing Zoe, Zoe Deschanel Chanel that she should just sing okay. after they right. sing in the bathroom. That's right. And they have security escort him off premises after he says, I'm your son. You know, you were, what's his mom's name? Um, Susan. Susan Wells. Susan Wells. Yep, so he gives him the picture of that, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Picture of them when they were young and gets escorted off property and he finds his way by to... His, by Will Ferrell's brother. Oh, that's right. That is his brother. Oh, one of the security guards, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The security guard who looks like... Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> then he finds his way to Gimbal's. Where he's confused for an employee. Where he's confused for an employee on the Santa level. Mm-hmm. And this is where we meet one of my favorite ancillary characters in the movie, the manager. Yeah. <laughs> Who is hilarious. <laughs> Takes his job way too seriously. <laughs> and it's where he meets Jovi. And it's where he, he meets Jovi. And he's instantly enamored by her because he thinks she's an elf at first. We all are instantly enamored with Jovi. Yes. I don't know. Nowadays, I'm just kind of creeped out by the blonde hair. (laughs) But yeah, I I am instantly enamored by her. He he's attracted to her because she shares his affinity for elf culture. Elf culture. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice uh, to someone who shares my affinity for elf culture. (laughs) <laughs> he's so earnest i just i just love buddy and while while he's there he looks for a gift for his father and gets him a magnificent gift for somebody special just a very transparent piece of negligee <laughs> which he's <laughs> he sends his dad but i just love the scene where james Conn opens it in his office and he just like Holds it up. <laughs> so funny. Then Amy Sedaris bursts in and he drops it like. He drops it. He's like, phone. Intercom. Yeah. Intercom. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my favorite lines when she's on the phone, when Amy Sedaris is on the phone in the office, and she's like, oh, I don't know. I've never declawed kittens before. <laughs> <laughs> well, bring them over. <laughs> Right now, I think in New York, isn't it illegal to declaw cats, or is that another state that passed that law? No, that was us who just did that. So there's a little. Oh, just did it. That is irony. That's funny. Um, so Buddy, Buddy has nowhere to stay. His dad won't accept him, so he stays at Gimbal's overnight, 
and he completely decorates the Santa floor with Legos and lights and well, because flakes and because the manager tells him Santa Claus is coming the next morning, and he's like, "Oh my God, I know him! I know him!" <laughs> so he completely does it up for him with the light brights and everything. I miss light bright from being a kid. Oh man, I love my light bright. Is right? that still a thing? Do your kids have light bright, Julia? They don't. I know it's a thing, but it operates differently. It's all LED, right? And I, I feel know. like I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I feel like it's not the same because when I had a light bright, I remember you could smell the dust that would burn off of the light bulbs when you turn it on after oh, not yeah. using it for a while. And that, that like plastic burning smell was like the best smell ever. Yep. Ever. I loved my light bright. Freaking <laughs> love that thing. That's what so, I want for Christmas. I want a light bright. I know. I kind of want one now too. Yeah. I'm looking up the new light bright. I don't want a new one. I want an old one that smells. Well, I want to see what I want to see what they look like with their LEDs. <laughs> I'm just I don't know that they're LEDs, but I would just assume they probably are. Whoa, Lightbright was originally marketed in 1967, and no, they are. Uh, maybe they're. I don't know. Is it LED? I know they're smaller now. Mine was like, like the size of an old box TV. You know what I mean? Not like the old box TV, but. Like it was the updated light bright ultimate classic is now brighter than ever with a bigger screen and more pegs. Oh man. These are all the things I need. I found the one you need. It's only $14.95, Julia. Dude. Put that on my my Christmas in July Elfster list. The what North Pole is amazing. Sorry. The the workshop that he creates with the Legos and all of that, by the way, is just like the most Christmassy thing I've ever seen. Yes, and before we actually see it, one of my favorite scenes in the film happens, and that's the morning where he's sitting in the bathroom and him and Joby have the baby it's cold outside do it. Mm -hmm. It's a little creepy when you overanalyze the scene because she's in the shower, naked, singing, and he, she has no idea he's sitting on the counter right next door singing <laughs> with her, especially since that song has connotations. But uh, <laughs> It's a beautiful duet. Honestly, Will Ferrell can sing too, or at least hold his, you know. He can. Mm-hmm. So uh, speaking of singing, I was listening to a podcast recently about Perfect Pitch. And I don't yeah. want to alarm you guys, but I don't think I have it. <laughs> I don't want to alarm either of you, but I don't think either of the three of us. <laughs> yeah, no, don't think so. <laughs> not, not the thing here. <laughs> anyway. so what happened i don't know why when i tell people that they always laugh at me so next we're gonna hit up um buddy the elf is going to get the north pole that he just built destroyed but i'm gonna go on and say it's not his fault that mm -hmm. santa sat on a throne of lies and smelled like beef and cheese <laughs> You don't smell like and Santa. also, Gimbals needs to do a little better job of, of doing background screening of their Santas. This guy obviously <laughs> had some anger management issues. Yeah, he did. And that's not issues. safe for those kids. <laughs> when he's hopping around trying to avoid Santa and he's hopping around like a rabbit. <laughs> and it kills me every time he's 
manager tackles him and he's on the ground struggling with Santa and Buddy is just like standing over and pointing. He's a fake! He's he's not real! (laughs) What would you, what do you think it would be like as a parent if that that was your Santa experience? Oh my gosh. I think I'd equally love it and be horrified. Right? Yeah. So after Buddy destroys his department store inadvertently, uh, he gets he ends up in jail, and James Khan comes to pick him up. There's one phone call, and here we see him go all mafia on him. What do you want? Some money? And like pushes him against the wall. <laughs> I just want to. Spend I just love- <laughs> Yeah, I love how he said they told me so many times you wouldn't come, so many times, but you came. <laughs> And then he takes him to the doctor, a pediatrician, uh, where played I by played by director John Favreau. <laughs> and um, I love the scene where Buddy's talking to the little girl in the waiting room mm-hmm. and asking what she wants for Christmas. And then that comes back later on. Mm-hmm. And I, that's one thing I liked about the ending of this movie. Everyone Buddy encounters along the way, they all get what they want for Christmas. Yep. Which I really liked. Yeah, I did too. She was so cute. Oh my goodness. She was cute. So question about reality though. How long does a paternity test take? Yeah, that takes a few hours at least. (laughs) Uh, Did I think I mentioned this the last time around, but did you notice James Kahn breaking in the scene where Will Ferrell screams when he gets Uh, actually a DNA paternity test takes two to three days. Wow. So when he screams, when he gets his finger poked? Yeah. Did you notice James? Oh, I didn't notice that. You can see him about to laugh and he quickly turns around so his back's facing the camera so he doesn't ruin the shot. Oh my gosh, I've got to rewatch. Yep. After I I read that that and saw for the first time, it's all I see now when I watch that. Yeah. Oh, I love it when people break. break Me too. Yeah. Unless it's Jimmy Fallon. (laughs) <laughs> what Jimmy Fallon and Horatio Sands and skits together on SNL were my favorite duo I guess really Horatio Sands and anybody because he never could keep a straight face ever <laughs> I, th- I think we should mention here by the way because it's at this point you know it's his son so he brings him home I think we should mention what a great mother Mary Steenburgen's character is Yes. How welcoming she is of Buddy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, when James Conn's character tells her, she's like legitimately excited to yeah. meet him. I've always yeah. loved her character. Yeah. She's such a good mom. And even though she doesn't it's believe an the unexpected whole elf response story, to you. Yeah. Right. And even though she doesn't believe the elf story, her reaction is like, well, we've got to like, you know, help him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I love She's way too good for James Caan at the beginning. Oh, way of the movie, too good. Anyway. Yeah. Way too good. Did you guys know? So going back, I should have said this earlier. Um, sorry. Did y'all know? And I should have said this earlier. The original twins that were f- hired to play Baby Buddy were fired. What? Why? Uh, they ran into problems. They said the twin boys couldn't perform. They wouldn't smile. They wouldn't crawl as needed. So, uh, and they, they were, they were fired. 
my gosh, that's brutal. Eight months little, old, fired from your the, first job. The baby <laughs> that they that played Buddy was uh, actually triplet girls. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And earlier in the earlier script, um, and this is on the commentary with John Favreau, uh, Buddy goes looking for his dad and wants to get out of the North Pole because he was bullied by the other elves. Oh, I'm glad that wasn't the case. Yeah. I'm glad they changed that. Yep. Like, even the only one... The only slightly snarky line left in this script is when the one elf remarks about how, you know, he's eight foot tall and he doesn't even realize he's <laughs> Yeah. Like that's just one line. But like they're really good to him at the North Yeah. Pole. So I'm glad yeah. they're really good to him. Um Did you guys so do y'all know where Gimbals was filmed? Huh. It was in the Riverview Hospital. It's uh it was the same scene where they did stuff from X-Files, Final Destination 2, and other horror films. Really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Buddy's happy to be home with his dad, wants to be tucked in at night. <laughs> and uh, his dad's just going through the motions just to please his wife more than anything, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we see Buddy start to bond with his brother, his half-brother, Michael. Uh, helps him win a snowball fight against some bullies at school. <laughs> Very with, uh, he has a superhuman ability to <laughs> yeah. toss snowballs and make them really quickly. Those were, unfortunately, not real snowballs. That was all added in post. What? Yeah. yeah I think unfortunately, Will Ferrell can't windmill his arms that way nope i was convinced and uh so just like buddy helps michael michael helps buddy with the well before that do you have anything you want to tell us about the burp i don't have anything i want to tell you about the burp tom i do (laughs) the burp was actually done by the same voice actor who does brain from pinky and the brain Really? Yep. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> there were no camels involved in this one. Uh-huh. Anyway, Michael helps Buddy just as much as Buddy helps Michael. Uh, <laughs> Michael gives Buddy some girl advice and Buddy asks Jovi out on a date. To eat food. You know, food. The code. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when they go on their date, it's actually really cute. He takes her to what he thinks is the biggest tree in New York City, and it's just one of the lobbies. Not first. He takes the her for the world's best cup of coffee first. Best cup of coffee. She has her, he has her closed Blindfolded. <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah, she, eyes are closed, that's right. And he's like... <laughs> What is it? And she's like, crappy cup of coffee? No, it's the world's best cup of coffee. (laughs) And then he takes her to see the biggest tree in New York, and it's just a (laughs) lobby. It's a building's lobby tree. (laughs) And she takes him to Rockefeller Center, Mm -hmm. and they skate on the ice. And 
I mentioned this during the night before. This is really where you can see the films that have a budget and where you can't. Because Elf and Home Alone 2 got right up next to that tree where the night before shot across, from across the street. Mm-hmm. What shot from across the street? The night before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I read that John Favreau could only shoot for like an hour or two one night. So they had to do the Rockefeller Center scene very quickly because they couldn't shut it down very long. Man, turned out great. Uh, it did turn out great. Mm-hmm. And I love Buddy's Russian winter hat he wears during this whole scene. Yes, I do too. Oh, I love it. And I love how sweet and innocent he is too. Like he kisses her on the cheek on the ice and she's like, but you missed. And then she kisses him properly. Yes. That felt very much like a real like awkward date moment, right? Yeah, yep. it did. So Julia, while all this is going on, what's going on with James Conn's company? So he made this huge, he's, uh, he works for a publishing company for kids' books. And but the he, children love the books. But the children love the books. Yeah, so they made a poor choice to not actually proofread what went out before they sent it to the printers. And so he's got this big book debacle on his hands where they've pushed this book out to printers and it's really not ready to go live. So he's basically, ha- he has to fix it. Um, so in the process of fixing it, his creative team has no ideas. So they decide in their, in their, whatever the word is, they decide to bring in the big guns and they bring in Miles Standish, right? Isn't that his name? Miles Finch. Miles Finch. Finch. What's Miles Standish from? I don't know. You know, you Google foo it up. Um, Bandish was an English an military English officer hired officer. by the Pilgrims as military advisor for Plymouth Colony. There you go. <laughs> I'm just bring some culture to this. Happy Fourth of July, guys! <laughs> over on the Mayflower. My, oh, it's from in the administration and defense of Plymouth <laughs> Colony. It's from it's from the Charlie Brown special where they get on the Mayflower and it always shows after. After Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. That's where I know Miles Standish from. <laughs> anyway. So they bring Miles Finch in, who is played <laughs> by <laughs> who's played by Peter Dinklage, and he's this famous children's book writer. He's super fussy and has like all the monies and this gigantic head, and he's really just a very unlikable character. So they bring him in to try and salvage this deal. Um and but he has to be in a car at exactly seven seventy one degrees Fahrenheit. Yes, he does, and he so has a seventy a plasma screen in all four of his houses. Yeah, Call me elf one more time. So Buddy comes in, excited to talk to his dad about this girl that he's in love with, Jovi, and it's during the middle of this presentation with Miles Finch, and Miles Finch happens to be a little person, and so obviously Buddy sees this and he thinks he's an elf because that's what he's used to, and so he calls him an elf, and that obviously makes Miles Finch not very happy, and so he beats him up. (laughs) Totally, he totally beats for a human being and flips him through the air onto his back. He really <laughs> <laughs> must be a South Pole elf. <laughs> um, so Miles Finch storms off. 
James Kahn's character is furious because he thinks there goes his book deal and his chance to salvage his job and all of their jobs for that matter. Of course, all he cares about is himself is his, all he cares about is himself. And they realize shortly after Miles Finch leaves and James Kahn blows up Buddy and basically says terrible things to him about he doesn't care that he's his son. He doesn't care about him at all. Leave. Don't want to see you again. And Buddy Which leaves. Is so harsh in the moment that even his coworkers it's, like divert their eyes and just yeah. look at one another. Yeah. It is extremely harsh. And Buddy is just so wrecked by it too. Um, so they find out Miles Finch actually left his book of ideas. So they have the chance to keep their jobs by grabbing one of these ideas out of the book and, and making this book deal happen by the deadline of Christmas Eve that was set by James Kahn's boss, who's also a jerk. So you have James Kahn in a situation where he has just ruined any potential relationship he would have had with Buddy at this point. You don't feel like you really wanted one anyway. And you have him tied up on Christmas Eve, which makes his younger son just, you know, no kid wants their parents to be working on Christmas Eve, no matter how and good his or bad. Wife too. She was and like, his and his wife. she was not happy. She called him and was not happy. Right. It's Christmas so, Eve, Walter. And Buddy, so meanwhile, this- is out depressed. He feels he doesn't belong anywhere. And then he yes. sees Santa's flying across the New York sky, uh, coming in for a crash landing in Central Park. And this sets up our Linus moment. Our first one. Of what I would argue is two. So, Buddy is in Central Park helping Santa out. And Buddy's brother is looking for Buddy because he's worried about him because at this point they've created a relationship together, you know, and they, they really are brothers at this point. And so what's his name? What's the kid's name? Michael. Michael. So Michael storms into his dad's office during this big presentation where they're presenting this book idea that they got from Miles. And he interrupts the meeting. The big boss is there and everything. And James Kahn at first is like, uh, I can't do this right now. And then the big boss starts to like mouth off to his son. And like, that's the moment that James Kahn is like, no, don't talk to me. Don't do that. Exactly. And it's the most, <laughs> it's the most James Kahn Linus switch I've ever seen because what does he say? Up yours. Up yours. Or screw you. Up yours. Up yours. And then right Michael there. Pete, I was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's our first Linus moment, right? Because the dad is sacrificing what he used to think was the most important thing for what actually is the most important thing, which in that moment is his son. And then the idea that Buddy is also a part of that. So they go to Central Park and Buddy is working with Santa. We're all so happy to see Santa again at this point because frazzled Ed Asner Santa is one of the best things that you can watch on screen. And we have um, to point out when Buddy first comes upon Santa, when Santa's, Santa thinks he's going to get like, mugged or jacked or something, he just turns around and like, hey, back off, punk. And then he's like, Santa? <laughs> so Buddy's trying to repair the motor that, that actually drives Santa's sleigh at this point because Chris's spirit is low, um, just like Papa Elf taught him. Right. So Christmas fear is low. Back in the day, you used to be able to fly without one. 
mm-hmm. but now he needs this motor to fly and just Christmas spirit's completely out. Mm-hmm. And we should have mentioned it earlier, which we kind of touched upon, but there's this whole running theme. Buddy tells Jovi earlier on the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear, which mm-hmm. is one of the things he learned in elf school. Mm-hmm. That's one of the rules of the elves. Yes. Do we need to go over all the rules? There's always room on the nice list. What was the other one? Treat every day like Christmas. There's room for everyone on the nice list. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. You sound like that angel from the toy that the land, the toy story. Gosh, darn it. That stinking title of that. The the, the toy story, the time forgot. The toy story, the time forgot. (laughs) So everything, all of the action converges in Central Park. So we have Michael stumbles across Santa James Kahn stumbles across Santa. Buddy is with Santa. And they basically devise this plan to um, help get Santa back up off the ground. So Buddy works on the engine. Sa- um, James Kahn takes Santa's jacket. Mrs. Claus made it to me. To be careful because <laughs> Mrs. Claus made it for him. As a diversion because the Central Park Rangers are also involved now in this reconnaissance mission to try and capture Santa. Right. So basically they saw, everyone saw something crash into Central Park. So the mm-hmm. police have like roped off the park and there's news vans and a crowd gathering at the edge. Mm-hmm. And Joe, and, uh, you know, somebody spotted Buddy the Elf in the park. It's a classic Bigfoot pose, like the classic mm-hmm. picture. Of oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Jovi sees this on the news. So she heads down to the park and so does Mary Steenbergen's character. Yep. And um, so Michael's part of the diversion is to get Santa's naughty or nice list in front of the camera to try to get people to believe in him. Boost Christmas spirit. That's right. So we have the reference that we don't want to forget to the Simon and Garfunkel concert in Central Park, 1981, right? (laughs) Okay. So let me ask this question real fast. Is that a joke because Simon and Garfunkel was like super chill and why would there ever be a riot or was there in fact a riot at a, and I think I've asked this before. There was very, there was a riot. Yes. So is that bizarre to anybody but me that it was at a Simon and Garfunkel concert? They're so chill, but people are not chill. You know, there was just a, a, just pounds of weed being smoked at that concert. And I thought weed, like, chilled you out. So wouldn't it just be a bunch of stoned hippies listening to some Simon and Garfunkel? I'm serious. I think, <laughs> like, this is what... I, think I would probably lose it if I were in that situation. I'm not going to lie. You don't like Simon that... and Garfunkel? It just sounds so boring, doesn't it? Mellow. I love it. In the mood. So, so Michael gets the book in front of the cameras, starts reading out what people asked for for Christmas. Mm-hmm. That, you know, there's no way he would know this stuff. It's Santa's mm-hmm. magic book. And you start seeing all these people Buddy had interacted with throughout the movie, all their wishes that they told Buddy being read aloud. So the little girl, mm-hmm. uh, the warehouse. Thanks, buddy. The mailroom guys and things like that. <laughs> and uh, 
he he tells the reporter she wants the Tiffany engagement ring and her boyfriend to commit already. At which point she makes the cameras go off, and um, you know they to have, don't have a way to spare Christmas cheer anymore. So Jovi steps up on some kind of platform or whatever she steps up on one of the police cars or something and starts singing Santa Claus is coming to town and as the crowd starts joining in Santa Slay gets some power and him and Buddy take off through the park getting chased by the Central Park Rangers during this for our Christmas movie very action packed climax because usually they're not this action packed in Mm -hmm. Christmas movies and uh yeah, James. And that's Conn when we get our second minus moment. James Khan comes through for his son at the end. Like <laughs> he joins in singing at the very end and gives Santa the last bit of power he needs to take off into the sky and stop his sleigh from ramming into this crowd of people because mm-hmm. he's right about to. Don't know how Santa was gonna avoid that. <laughs> <if> he... <laughs> That would have been a different ending to the movie, wouldn't it? <laughs> so Santa takes off with Buddy. They go back to the North Pole. And then you kind of get this epilogue of sorts where, you know, Buddy's living down in New York, happily married with Jovi, mm-hmm. uh, their family with James Kahn, who's more, who started his own small publishing company and mm-hmm. published Buddy the Elf's book, uh, what what's it called? Elf, a tall Elf. tale, mm-hmm. something like that. And it's Buddy's. It's the story of the movie in children's book form. And uh, as for Papa Elf, they still visit him up at the North Pole every now and then. And uh, it ends <laughs> on a funny note where they go up with <laughs> their baby daughter, and he's like, "Come to Papa." And Buddy the Elf sits on his lap, thinking he's talking to him instead of. <laughs> <laughs> His poor little legs. His poor little legs. (laughs) And that's Elf. And it's a beautiful, heartwarming, hilarious, perfect film. It is perfect. I agree. I got like emotional when I watched it this time. I don't know if it's because I so desperately needed some Christmas or what, but like I teared up in a few places. I get emotional every time during this film. Like that and I don't know. It's just everyone singing at the end, and yeah, yeah. And somebody on Reddit pointed out that you know this the soundtrack, the score for this movie sets a bar for Christmas movie scores, and it's totally yes. true. Like the score, the main elf theme, mm-hmm. perfect. It's iconic. Yeah, it is. And I was thinking about the other movies we're doing this month too, and all of them have pretty iconic themes. Yes, they do. Yeah, all four of them. Yep. Idea. So <laughs> I'm really excited. So if we were ranking this movie today, what would your numerical ranking be? Ten. 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 So that did not change. It didn't change. No, it didn't. I don't feel like any of the inconsistencies or little weird things about the movie have any effect on anything. Like it's just it's fine. Are we gonna get into quotes proper? I think I did all my quotes. But yeah, I yes, covered I... most of mine. Yeah. If we have any more, let's throw them in. I liked when he was writing his goodbye note. 
on the Etch-A-Sketch <laughs> after his father kicked him out of the office and told him to get his life. And he's like, I'm sorry I ruined your lives and crammed 11 right. cookies into the VCR. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Well, I mean, we can't, we can't. Oh, are you going to take my quote? I don't know. You do yours. Um, we cannot discuss Elf without mentioning my favorite quote in the entire movie, one that I use on a daily basis. Good old-fashioned son of a nutcracker. <laughs> uh, we have to go back to the, uh, is, there, is there sugar and syrup? <laughs> then yes. Then yes. <laughs> so, so I'm going back to the Miles Finch scene and <laughs> when Buddy's like, did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here? And Miles <laughs> just snaps at him. He's like, hey, Jackweed, I get more action in a week than you've had in your entire life. I've got houses in LA, Paris, and Vail, and each one a 70-inch plasma screen. So I suggest you wipe that stupid smile off your face before I come over there and smack it off. You feeling strong, my friend? Call me Elf one more time. And he does the, like, come at me yeah. motion. <laughs> and there's this long pause and buddy and like the other stage whisper goes he's an angry elf <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, has anybody ever attempted to answer the phone at work buddy the elf what's your favorite color well I've answered I've answered not at work but I've answered the well I don't really answer the phone to work but yes I've answered the phone like that <laughs> I, I would love to do it at work. <laughs> uh, when I wore my Bye Buddy, Hope You Find Your Dad shirt to work last Christmas, it was a big hit because that's the quote everyone loves from this film. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this exchange between Santa and Buddy, where Santa gives some pretty good advice for anyone visiting New York. And Santa tells Buddy, I've been to New York thousands of times. And Buddy's like, really? What's it like? And Santa's like, well, there's some things you should know. First off, you see gum on the street, leave it there. It isn't free candy. And Buddy's like, oh. Side note, I love that Santa warns him about it. And five minutes later in the film, Buddy's popping it in his mouth. Yeah. And then Santa's like, second... They're like 30 raised pizzas. They all claim to be the original, but the real one's on 11. And if you see a sign that says peep show, that doesn't mean that they're letting you look at presents before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so for any listener who visits New York, all good things to keep in mind. Just saying. Listen to Santa, guys. <laughs> I like the obscure, what about this? A tribe of asparagus children, but they're self-conscious about the way their pee smells. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I like when Buddy's sent to the mailroom to work and he's like, this place reminds me of Santa's workshop, except it smells like mushrooms and everyone looks like they want to hurt me. <laughs> also love that Ooh, sucky very sucky <laughs> oh 
And when he's in the elevator for the first time with that poor business <laughs> executive and he's just getting oh. all the time, so they line up, they light up. <laughs> and then he's, he gets off a few floors before that guy and he's like, oh wait, I forgot to give you a hug! But the door is closed. Will Ferrell commits. Oh. He does commit. The... I love the, um, watch out, the yellow ones don't stop when he's hopping across, after he hopped across the, uh, <laughs> and also uh, we all stick to the four major food groups, candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. Uh, I love when he hugs a raccoon in the forest. Does somebody need a hug? And that raccoon hisses at him and just completely attacks him. <laughs> I like when he's trying to, to throw Santa off and he's like, if you're Santa, what song did I sing for you on your birthday this year? So just, uh, happy birthday, of course. And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> I love when they come into the North Pole at Gimbal's in the morning and the manager's just completely paranoid about how it got so nice looking. It's like, yeah. hey guys, you seen this place? Pretty good. Must have brought in a professional. I don't know why, but someone's gunning for my job. But look, let's stick together on this. If you get wind of anything, wind of anything, get wind of anything, call me on my radio. Channel three, code word is Santa's got a brand new bag. <laughs> Six inch ribbon curls. That's not possible. Six edges. Uh... I don't even remember this one. Good news, I saw a dog today. <laughs> oh, that's when he tells Michael that after school, right? When he's walking with Michael and he says, I saw a dog today. He said, have you seen a dog? You probably have. Oh, right. Okay. I got it now. And I like when Amy Sedaris comes in the room and he's like, you have such a pretty face. You should be on a Christmas card. I love that too. And I like it when he tells that one person that dresses very purpley. <laughs> I like when he tells Santa in the park, uh, Santa's like, I need an elf's help. And Buddy's like, I'm not an elf, Santa. I can't do anything right. And Santa's like, Buddy, you're more of an elf than anyone I've ever met. <laughs> I like the, there's no singing at the North Pole. Yes, there is. No, there isn't. Yes, there is. We sing all the time, especially when we make toys. He just walks away. No, there's not. And I don't know if we mentioned, did we mention cotton-headed ninny muggins? No. <laughs> we can't forget cotton-headed ninny muggins. My cotton uh, we also can't forget uh, the reference to Lethal Weapon when Santa's flying the sleigh through the park and he's like, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> oh, and don't forget, I, I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. <laughs> or have you seen these toilets? They're ginormous. They're ginormous. We almost <laughs> forgot ginormous. Good job. Uh, you mentioned the asparagus earlier, Julia. I like yeah. some of the other stuff and miles is talking about no tomatoes too vulnerable kids they're already vulnerable and walter's like see i told you guys i told them the same thing and miles is like and no farms everyone's pushing small town rural a farm book would be white noise <laughs> oh man so guys does this movie pass the line this test 125%. Not. That's not funny. It's not funny. It passes no. on 
every level imaginable. I mean, even every person in here um, is affected by the... Every person is touched by Buddy. Buddy helps everyone pass the line. Buddy's even... Buddy even... Buddy passes, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, every single person passes the test at the end. I think that's why I get emotional watching the end of this movie all the time. Yeah. I think it's because you're a big baby. That too, but you know what? (laughs) I know what I'm about, son. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know what I'm about, son. I love it. This was fun, guys, revisiting this. This was fun. I really liked it a lot more. Um, even with a critical eye, there are some things I, I notice watching it now that we've we've been watching movies more critically. But they're okay. You know what I mean? There's no deal mm-hmm. breaker here. Mm-hmm. That's shocking. Oh, my gosh. That's shocking. I almost missed it. <laughs> so... We'd love to know what you think, listeners, now that there are a lot more people hearing this than there were um, the other time it was aired. So be sure to join the conversation. August 2017, that's when it first aired. We've been doing this for a while, guys. Almost two years. Almost two years. So be sure to go to our social medias. Go to tisthepodcast.com slash insert social media here. You can put in slash Reddit, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And find us there and we'll engage and interact with you. We'd love to know what you think. One thing we'd really like though, um, if you would help us, we've been a little slow in getting reviews on iTunes, Google Play Store, Facebook, anywhere you are where you can uh, do a review and share Tis the Podcast with your friends, family, loved ones, random person you meet on the subway. Um, We don't really care. Uh, If you would just tell people about it. We love what we're doing. We love building the Christmas community and, and giving you a place to come to each week. It's a lot of fun for us. So if you would share with people you think might enjoy it, we'd like to get to know more of you. And Julia, do you want to tell them like what they can sign up for currently on our social medias? You kind of mentioned it earlier on. Yeah. So we have a fun July activity going on right now. Um, uh, if, if you haven't put it together, July is a special month for people that love Christmas because it's halfway to Christmas and we can celebrate Christmas in July. So another way we're celebrating Christmas in July is by partnering up with whoever is interested to do a Christmas in July gift exchange. Um, We have an Elfster set up where you can sign up and register to be a part of the gift exchange. You'll be given a name and um, then we can can exchange gifts for Christmas in July. Yep. And you can put in. You can create a wish list for whoever draws your name, and um, it'll just be a fun way for all of us listeners that are interested to participate together in one of these things and get some cool stuff in the mail. Um, where do they find the link to Elfster most reliably? Social media. It's, it's, in our, it's on all of our social media. There's a post on Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, and it's in our profile on Instagram. Instagram. Awesome. And if you want even more tips of podcast content on top of all of that, you should check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash tips of podcast, where for as little as a dollar per month, you get full-length bonus episodes, um, some related to Christmas, some not, 
there's some great stuff there extended episodes outtakes um depending on the level you want to donate you get christmas cards we have i know tom is working on some cool merchandise right hoping to work on it um and last week you might have heard jerry Devilla co-host an episode with us and that's because he donated at a certain level on patreon and got to pick out a movie and guest star on the show so you could even do that should your heart desire so why are we covering the next two week at two weeks guys because i'm pretty excited for this whole month next week we're going to be covering home alone one of my also favorite movies and the week after that will be the santa claus exciting i'm so excited it's gonna be fun y'all it's gonna be fun what else do we have to be excited about christmas vacation i'm pretty pumped me too too. um i'm also pumped because now we're on the downward slope of the year we've hit we've we've made it over halfway through yep and we only have 4,080 hours. It's only 170 days, guys. It's only 24 weeks. That guys. is 40%, 46% of the year left until we hit Christmas. Back to school stuff is starting to go up already. It's yeah. Good, Crazy. I can't wait for the Burr months. We're really close to the Burr months. We are. We are. All right, guys, do your homework. Get excited for Home Alone next week. Bye, gang. Bye. Bye. Bye, buddy.